Welcome back. This is now episode 8 of the podcast. In this episode, my friends and I start off by talking about uh, the present and possible near future of capitalism in America. We also talk a little bit about uh, the dreaded coronavirus and the new vaccine um, that's come out, the implications for that. And then we transition into really taking a more generalized approach to discussing uh, the types of issues that seem to come up in our specific society. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hi. Whoa, that was simultaneous high. I'm really sad I jumped in a little early. Now we're not going to be able to tell how many people are here. Bum, bum, bum. How is everyone doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm doing uh pretty well. Did some PRs on a workout and uh, had yeah, a wedding this past weekend. So you got married this last weekend? No, no, no. Oh, I, okay. I've been married. Oh. Uh, no, second just wedding. Photographed a wedding. Yeah. Mm. I'm doing well. Um, today's been a busy day. It's had some of its rocky moments, but um, it. Things are fine otherwise. Okay. How uh, about you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. I uh, It's my last week of teaching before the Christmas break, and I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to having two weeks off, going out of town with the wifey, going to Asheville, going to see a really big house, and eat some hipstery food. That how, my wife will definitely take pictures of. How long is that for? How long are you going? Uh, we're going to be out of town for five days. Okay. But don't worry. I'll be here next Wednesday. Or Monday. Mm-hmm. Next Monday. The word that I was intending we're gonna, to say. We're gonna, okay. I just wanted to make sure it didn't interrupt my life. Yeah. Uh, and I had to like work out somewhere else. Uh, well, dude, text me and <laughs> crash my garage. No, man. I want to know when you're in town just because I like you. Uh, so Sam, just okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had mentioned before, like, that work was tough this weekend. Um, yeah. But I'm, I was blessed with getting hired on permanently. So that was that was nice. Good. So you've gone from seasonal to pleasonal. Yeah. <laughs> it's very pleasing. So you're pleasonal now. Yeah. But oddly enough, even though it is a position that I get to keep now, um, I am going to be technically scheduled for less hours. Yeah, Nicole was telling me about that, because yeah. the way you're scheduled when you're seasonal is 310s, or 312s? No, uh, so yeah, it's over the weekend, Friday through Sunday, and it's uh, you're scheduled to be there for 10 hours, but it okay. never really, except for like uh, twice, it never lasted that long, but um, when you're... Uh, you know, doing the regular schedule, it changes to five days throughout the week, but it's only, you're only scheduled for 20 hours in total. Because you're part-time. Yeah. Yeah, so, because the, the reason is... Five fours? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. The, the reason is... The reason is, uh, you have to average under 40 hours to be, qual- to, to classify as part to- uh, part-time. Okay. Um, so, a seasonal employee, you can work them full-time hours, essentially, because... 
average over the course of the year, year. you're saying? Yeah. Oh, so nice. you bring in the seasonal employee, you can work them full time. Yeah. And then so long as for four months. Yeah. You know. And then so long as yeah, they they just their hours drop uh, to under forty or whatever it is, thirty six. Yeah. Um, it's been changing recently, but so long as it drops under, uh, they they classify as part time. Mm. But the thing is, I do have potential to pick up more hours though. So we'll see and how it's, it's still going to be five. PM to nine PM, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I had the choice of choosing either. So either the first shift that I had, or um, the second shift, which was ten to three. But even though it's an extra hour that I would be scheduled, um, I chose the other one uh, simply because a lot of times we didn't make it our uh, full yeah. hours, and so I'm if... I'm hoping that picking the schedule for the first shift. Um, in the evening would be the better one, but we'll see how it works. So if you were, if you were not seasonal, right, are you considered part-time? Yeah. So if you were part-time scheduled 10 to three and they like ran out of stuff, would they send you home or would you guaranteed have those hours from 10 to three? No, no. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Like there's one guy who, uh, would come in who only ever worked the, the, the later shift. Yeah. Um, that was already a regular employee there, and he got so mad on multiple occasions because we barely had anything to do that second shift, and so, so he, he was only there for like up. two hours, yeah. Huh. And so I'm hoping that kind of stuff will not happen as often um, now that a bunch of this, uh, seasonals are gone. They had like 700 to a thousand seasonals, and they Whoa. only they only kept 200 Yo. of us. Wow, is this all so. one warehouse? Yeah. Whoa, that must be very large. It's decent size, um, but yeah, like I was surprised how many they kept hiring on for you know so long, and then we never got busy enough to have all of them. Huh. So, yeah, dude, yeah, because I worked a warehouse job with uh, with Andrew. You know, it, it was like a very very big warehouse, but I mm. feel like in the whole place there were maybe a dozen people. Mm. So it was like a ghost town, you know. And I would be in this giant room that like would swallow five of my houses and like you know you could stack them three high or whatever mm -hmm. and it's just me in that room oh wow <laughs> and i was like moving pallets of computers around no it's definitely yeah. bigger it's probably volume too though like the volume that you were moving at oh yeah the computer yeah. place or small volume that sam's moving yeah, yeah there's there's definitely need for a lot more people than huh. that. <laughs> and then i think too just you know with seasonal positions having been a manager you know that hired seasonal you you need to over hire because you know some seasonals are looking just for seasonal work some seasonals are looking for more than seasonal and so when they find that they drop their seasonal stuff and mm -hmm. you know so it's you there's going to be a lot of drop off mm -hmm. so the frustrating thing is the distance so i'm still going to be looking for something else to replace it but in the meantime i'm glad i have something yeah yeah do you know what kind of thing you're looking for Honestly, just something close and consistent, <laughs> because this job is neither of those things. So, <laughs> yeah, you drive an hour? Uh, yeah, at least on the way there, it takes about an hour to get there because of traffic. Um, on the way back, it should only take about 40 minutes. Yeah. Would it be possible for you to request a transfer of Walmart at stores? Possibly, but I'm at a location at a that warehouse. is a an experiment mm -hmm. um, because this is this Walmart is, is experimenting. Yeah, because what we're doing is sorting, which is not something I even thought I was going to be doing. I thought I would be like packaging things, 
And then I found out when sorting. I got hired on that it's a sorting center. It's not a normal Walmart um, warehouse. So this is the first location that actually does what we do. Oh. Like in the nation? Yeah. Whoa. So it's... What is sorting? It's what that Amazon does a like lot. like an idiot. Um, so Walmart used to hire other companies to package items for them. Like um, to put an item in a in a box with like packaging and and then and well no actually um i meant the, yeah. the, the, the sorting part is what they they um had hired people to do before so i guess there there's already plenty of uh warehouses that package everything but then i guess they would send it to another location from a different company that they hired to sort it all out but because of covid i, I still don't know what that means well okay like sort it so we get trucks full of thousands of boxes of just things and like mm. you categorize them and well, they they all have labels on them already. So we're scanning them to certain locations, like to certain pallets. Okay. And so like we... home goods, uh, pet food. No, it's not okay. even. It's not even like that. It's See, just, I'm, I'm like it's, way out in the we're weeds on this. Scanning to certain numbers that go to certain locations around Florida. Oh, so, yeah. like you know, almost like a distribution center. Right? Okay, yeah, that. Yeah. That now makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're yeah you're getting sorry, you're getting shipments of things from, you know, uh, Chachkis are us, you know, <laughs> and you're going and you're going okay well, you know this Walmart needs so many of dinosaur Chachkis and then this Walmart <laughs> needs so many, uh, you know, music Chachkis and and going and that's what you're doing, right? uh, essentially. Okay. Yeah. What's a Chachki? Uh, Chachi is like, like a, little... a knickknack or yeah, like, thing... like a... okay, thingamabob. Yeah, it's like okay. like a you know, little, like a little plastic dinosaur toy that you throw in a stocking stuffer. Okay. I've never cake. felt less like I knew what was going on <laughs> than I have in the last what ten minutes. Yeah, Chachi is just like a like a little nothing, you know. Okay. Uh, Sweet nothings. Yeah, typically like a like a little you know, sonnet. They're given away at like a you know festivals yeah. or whatever. You know, like, beads. Yeah, or like here, hey, here's a sticker. Or, Hey, here's a, yeah. a, a a webcam cover a that pen. that talks about, that you know has our logo on a it. A pen with four colors. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I didn't know what that term was oh. either exactly. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just thought of like, Joni loves tchotchke. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Definitely not it. No, Joni probably loved tchotchkes though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the show that I'm referencing. Happy Days. It is Happy Days. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so yes, I do essentially what Amazon has done for years, but Walmart is now trying to compete with them because they're no longer hiring those other companies to do what we're doing anymore, at least they're around, at least around here. Yeah, because of COVID, they, they started doing it themselves. So, mm. Well, yeah. Amazon seems like they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, super ethical business practices that I know that Miguel is a huge fan of. What, what happened? What did I not hear? Oh no! Just, <laughs> just in general, capitalism. Bah, humbug. Yeah, so you don't like capitalism? No, I don't like uh, cutthroat and, capitalism. Yeah, there, there's a there's a term for it, and then I can never remember it, so Lase I call it fair? like neo capitalism. Like I'm all about like small business and all that stuff. Like, I'm I'm so against, um, I'm so against defending more than anything. Um, a capitalism that allows people uh, during a pandemic to accrue more wealth. Mm. Uh, I, I read this statistic the other day that was um, the 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 top ten uh, 
billionaires of America could give every U.S. citizen a $1,300 stimulus check and still have more money now than they had at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm like... That's interesting. That, um, how much did I say? 1300 Okay, that's correct. For a okay. second, I thought I said 13000 And I was like, wait, yeah. wait, that's possibly still true, how but not what I meant. How much was the stimulus check that we got? 1200 per person, and then half that for they kids. They could outdo the government. But, yeah. but like, I just think that's insane. And And don't get me wrong, like, I'm all for the merit of like hey i have a business structure that works and it's successful mm-hmm. like i'm not sitting here being like communism and capital or and uh and socialism and cap and communist stop saying capitalism communism um okay. but uh i i just think that, that there's some point where it's you know you have your tax shelters you have all these systems in place uh you know people are hurting and yeah you, you really need to look at the state of people um and and give where you can uh, another example you know uh disney world uh you know when they announce hey we were able to restore ceo salaries and Woo! then everyone uh, like, was super um, worried about this exactly like like but you know ceo salaries are restored to from pre-covid times and then you know a month or two later they literally can everyone mm. in entertainment and it's just like, yeah. Why would they even release Disney that Disney World statement? or Disneyland? Disney World. Okay. Disneyland still not in... open. Yeah. Disney World canned everyone in entertainment. Yeah. What does it mean to be in entertainment? Like your a show, your show, person? your character performers. Okay. Man, um, so if you go to Disney right now, there's no Mickey Mouse. Uh, I'm sh- I'm sure they've retained, like the Mickey's and the Donalds, but like you don't have your Alice in Wonderland meeting you and Epcot and stuff like that. Dang. Um, no more. Elsa. A lot of seasonals got canned. But... I'm sure they're still in Elsa. <laughs> Elsa's probably higher demand than Mickey Mouse. To be honest. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe maybe not as much anymore. But for a solid a good, a good time for a solid there. like five years, Frozen had the market totally cornered <laughs> on everything small girl related. Yeah, a lot so. of you know a lot of seasonal got the the boot. But yeah. I think I think there was a lot of. Uh, a lot of seasonal that could have gotten booted because they were just there for benefit and not for livelihood. Well, every, everyone in the college program, right? Like, yep. One well, of the first things that got cut, right? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I can even, like, I'm more okay with that because it's like, hey, uh... You're going to have know, to do your internship elsewhere, kiddo. Well, there's there's a lot of liability in the fact that, like, we're housing you, we're employing you, like, huh. essentially, like, you are in our care and it is not a safe time right now. Like, yeah. we're releasing you... From, and us from that liability. And you're barely an adult. Right. So. Um, in most cases. Yeah. But yeah, just like. So, um, do you think that in general, people's lives are better off during a pandemic than they would be without Amazon? I, I think there's merit to services like Amazon where you have delivery that you're not having to go out to the store to pick up your vitamins or Chachkis. whatever yeah hey there you go man i'm gonna i'm gonna kill that word tonight yeah. <laughs> um i i think there's merit to it um you know to the size of something as amazon it's like well i think i think there needs to be some fair weight being pulled by amazon mm. and i don't think there is um as is evidenced from 
think last year, definitely within the past three years, uh, Amazon workers going on strike because Amazon workers literally dying on the floor of warehouses. Because literally be... dying. Yes. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, I worked, I died tonight. No, I worked like... so hard. Like, like, hey, I've been worked into the ground and I've worked my 60 hours a day, uh, which I know is not well... possible. I know not possible, but, <laughs> but like, I worked my 60 hours uh, a day and I've died. And you find my body between home goods and pet food. Which isn't how Amazon actually uh, organizes their stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, Amazon intentionally does not organize things in sections. Like categories? Yeah. Like that? It's it's literally random and miscellaneous. Um, what? Be- because, Explain. Uh, so their pickers have like a, like a wrist pad. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I they'll get... An, yeah, and, and they'll get an order in. And what they found is... You know, someone who's ordering dog food is then not also ordering other brand dog food and other brand dog That's food. That's true. Yeah. So why are we storing all of our dog food together? Yeah. They're just having to travel more. Yeah. But on the other hand, like if I have a bottle of aspirin next to this brand of dog food, next to this tchotchke, next to, eh, um, you know, next to uh, a case of water, you know, there's something always nearby. Okay. So that they're not having to travel as far. Huh. And so, like, their their wrist pad knows. So, you know, I need Advil. I'm in, you know, hallway 1,200. Uh, the closest Advil's in hallway, you know, 1201. And then I go, I grab it, I scan it. It removes that, that piece item. of item yeah. from that block. Okay. Um, and then, you know, it now knows where I am what item I have, and the next item that's closest to me, where it is. It's amazing how, like, h- how much it seems that just, um, I don't even know what you might call it, like, artificial intelligence or, or just computing systems have solved those sorts of problems. Yeah. Where, it, you know, I'm a dumb human, and so I'm like, oh, the Alpo goes next to the Purina, goes next to the, you know, whatever. And it, it makes so much sense. You're like, oh, how can how can it be wrong and they're like, no, you idiot. Like, come on. Like, who buys Purina? You know, like, basically just restating what you were saying. But it's it's like we have a system, a, a nation, and really a culture set up where, like, we can't pull the brakes on this. Right. Like, the, the rapid acceleration of the growth of, you know... I don't, I don't even just want to say a handful of companies because there are, there are, you know, pretty large, there is a pretty large number of companies that are, uh, that are accelerating and eating up market share. But dude, it's, it is kind of scary. It's like worry-free, yeah. you know? But the question is when will those Amazon warehouse jobs and my Walmart warehouse job get taken over completely by AI? Yeah. Well, I th- I am interested in talking about that. I wonder almost, like, first, do you think that there would ever be, like, a merger between Amazon and Walmart? No. Walmazon? Uh, <laughs> or Amsmart? Amazing. I'm not good at this. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think they're both so big that... Amazon. Yeah. And I don't think Amazon's really in the market to create brick and mortar. That's a good point. They actually did... They have Whole uh, Foods. No, oh, uh, right. I forgot that they're connected with. They own Whole Foods. They do. Okay, yeah. it's not uh, even just partnered. Own it. No, mm. no, it's um. Did you ever hear about the experimental store in? Uh, I forget what city it was in. 
um, where you walk in, if you grab something off the shelf, it automatically is in your cart online. I heard, I've heard if of that. If you put it back, it is taken off your cart online. And you don't have to uh, go to a checkout. You just grab when whatever you, walk you want the and door, you walk out scans. the door and it's all perfect. I, this actually happened? Yes. In I, like I had New heard York City or something? something. Or? Yeah, I don't remember where it was. Crazy but... future city. I had heard <laughs> concept of it. I didn't know it had happened. Like, But yeah, yeah I've heard, I've heard like, yeah, when you put things in the basket, the basket Reads scans it, like the yeah. barcode essentially. And then when you walk through the doors, the doors uh, essentially have like a piece of technology like in the checkout yeah that, that. yeah okay this person has left these are the items they had this is now charged to them it's like the mark of the beast yeah <laughs> yeah I, I you know i think uh i think there's a lot of concern with uh just expansion and oh people are coming to our country and sending money to their country and they're funneling stuff i'm like you're counting pennies when you're losing dollars hand over fist by these mega corporations like and i would be far more for these mega corporations um if they were succeeding in, if they were taking care of their employees if they were taking care of their employees if they were paying fair wages which is taking care of their employees um or and just also not if they in, paid more if they were in tech if they weren't yeah like in tax sheltered nations you know like and it's just like again in the course of 12 months you could give every united states citizen 1300 more than the government gave you could give... yeah we kind of complain about that though like come on 1200 right well, but, been a but, but you, for... have, you have 10 people yeah who could combined do more than what the government did and still be richer than when they started the year hmm. and it's just like oof. but what's in it for them man well, we got to look out for the big guys. I, I, you know, and I like, but, but then I look at people like Bill Gates. I'm like, that's a dude who's doing it right. Yeah. You know, that's a dude who has stupid amounts of money as well. And I mean, have you heard what he's done for like his kids and stuff? Oh, uh, like or he's what capped them at like yeah. what, $10 million or something? Yeah. Something, yeah. something still insane. Negligible but, for him. Yeah. Like yeah. A, a crazy amount of money to any lay person, but nothing yeah. to him. And he's like, you get ten million, you get ten million, and the rest of this charity. Yeah, well, I just like, I think it's cool that he's like, huh? I'm the richest guy in the world. What's a problem that I would love to solve before I die? Oh, malaria. Yeah, like malaria's killed a billion people. Whatever it is, it's killed so stinking many people. Um, but like, if I could just eradicate that before I die, I think that would be an interesting legacy to live. And it's like, heck yeah, man. That would be great. And the fact that that's not just what he's doing, you know? Yeah. Like, he's he also, like, didn't he fund, didn't he totally fund the Khan Academy? Uh, he did something like that. He's put a ton into COVID vaccination and yeah. vaccines to try to lower the For cost the mind on mind control yeah. properties of, you're not getting that vaccine, are you, man? Uh, I don't qualify for it you yet. get vaccinated, but, yeah. Uh, you better be glad. What, oh, All those geez. nurses that are getting the first round of vaccination, they're going to be turned into a mind controlled army of... You know, cybernetic. Because oh, they're all chipped or something. Yeah, no, I mean, the the chip is in the vaccine. That, I've heard that. My, yeah. you know, uh, so, so my Amazon's father... not even gonna need AI because they're gonna have like zombie slave <laughs> nurses working for them. Somehow uh, I got Bezos and Gates. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill Gates. <laughs> um, my uh, my father was talking about it today. 
uh, not so much as a conspiracy theory, but he's like, I just think it's really rushed and a really dangerous thing. And I was like, why? And he goes, we're releasing a vaccine right now and we're giving it to all of our healthcare workers. Oof. We have no idea what the long-term effect that is. That is kind that's of the beginning. Point. That's yeah. the beginning of a lot of like sci-fi horror well, like, movies. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, like 28 have, days later type of thing. He's like, like imagine if all the nurses died. Well, that, like that, what a world that would be. That's what he was getting at. And I was like, I was like, okay, I think you have a valid point. I, I think it's a little wrong. extreme. <laughs> I think it's a little extreme. Like, oh, man. He, like that, that was his thing. Like, He's like, what if, like, we've studied this for less than a year. Like, what if this vaccine gives you, like, cancer? And now, like, all of our frontline healthcare workers have cancer in a year. And oh, this is not, I'm like, Miguel, okay. write that novel. Or Sam, write that novel. Like, that's such a good one. Sean could do a good job at that. Yeah? Dude, yeah. put him on it. We're, Tell him we're, that I'll uh, high-five him if he does it. We're doing writing exercises together. I think I told you I did. Dude, I, if I could assign you homework, a that would be your, Like, here... You know, five pages by next Monday, of just like in a world that... where we gave an exper- we gave like a a hastened vaccine to everyone who knows how to heal people, and uh, that that either sounds like a uh, like a Michael Crichton book or like <laughs> I, that's a exactly Netflix what I original of. Bird Box movie, like you know. No, definitely the Michael Crichton. Book, oh yeah, you know? it, it feels very um... Andromeda Strainy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. That's like that pandemic app where you create a virus oh, yeah. to try to uh, get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Wait, what is this? The, it, it's basically like uh, kind of like the pandemic board game, except Which you... Which I've still never played. Oh, you really? haven't? I know. Everyone's it's like, so you would good. love it. Yeah. And I probably would. It's just, I have don't have it. Have you played Forbidden Island? Uh, with you, right? Okay, I think yeah. so. I still have similar, it. Similar, oh, okay. me- similar mechanic. Okay. Like where things progressively get further and further out of hand. Um, and, and so it's just like harder to stay afloat. Okay. Uh, but with viruses and a globe. Huh. So it's the same math, basically. It's just like the pictures are different. Uh, it's unique enough, it's unique enough that I would want to own that one as well. Yeah. Um, but it's also similar enough that I have said, hmm, I really want to own Pandemic, but there's this other game too that I end up buying instead. Anyway, so the app... Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Peter, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're actually playing as the virus or whatever, right? You just, like, type in a virus name. Uh, I don't know if you, like, just define what it does. You just... No, you do. You do. So so you, you start the game, and you have a choice of, do you want to be a virus, like virus a bacteria, or uh, a parasite? Ooh. Um, and here's... You know, bacteria are really easy to cure, but they spread really quickly. Hmm. You know, uh viruses are really hard to cure and they're just super slow to spread and parasites are super slow to spread and resilient to environment or whatever and then there's like four tiers um and so a lot of the game like you're not actively doing anything you're just like time is passing and your virus is spreading from here to there and then in these you can you're unlocking points like the more people that are infected the more people that die you're got uh, garnering points and then you're spending those points in those tiers is this this is like all a self-contained app on your phone yeah because i was thinking how interesting would it be if it was like this is like i infect sam or i i infect miguel i infect miguel right now and then based on who he gets close to 
and then who they get close to, like their phone. Like yeah. you can actually watch. But really I feel like that's cool. a subtle way to invade people's privacy. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm, who have they been hanging out with? Um, no, this is. This Wait a is minute, a... my wife's been spending time with you know, whoever. <laughs> this is a this is an app straight for phone, but you can also find it um, <laughs> online if you just Plague Inc. Like Incorporated. Okay. Um, and you can just uh, not stream it, but play it from a browser. And like, yeah, like tier one is like vomiting and it'll cost you so many points and uh, convulsions. And then like tier two is like more subtle symptoms. Yeah. And or, or like water resistance. And that'll let you invade like places like Madagascar and South America easier. I've heard or maybe it's a meme and I think maybe it's the game pandemic about Madagascar. Like apparently Madagascar is, is like the hardest place to get to. That or... is this plague game. Okay. It's okay. Madagascar is virtually impossible to get. Okay. Unless you start in Madagascar. Yeah, that's which that's is random. The meme. It's um, like start in Madagascar. <laughs> automatic win. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's uh. It's so really it, cool. It, like, it, it, it's making me think of Risk as far yeah. as the map element yeah, 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 to yeah. it. Yeah, like like obviously what touches and then like Madagascar has no roads. Yeah. Uh, but it has uh airports and port and seaports and yeah. so like there's like a page that says like uh united states infections are this high united states deaths are this high and then it'll have like an update like brazil closed down roadways hmm. uh hospitals in china are overrun and closed hmm. and so like you can tweak your your disease accordingly and be like huh. okay well I'm going to dial up my... Yeah, I need to get into northern Africa, so I need heat resistance. Hmm. And I'm going to... I'm going to put a know. flagellum in, on this uh, bacteria. <laughs> Seems like a, a, a pretty, um, I don't know, horrible thing to play right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 So but, are you going to... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, but the board game is more akin to what you'd want to try to do, which is, uh, you know, to get rid of the disease. So you're playing against the... Or, um, the um the board yeah yeah, yeah. That's the e most... everyone's together against yeah. the board and yeah. you have different roles urban like... island yeah exactly i'm the medic i can remove two virus cubes in a place versus I'm like i'm the demolition pilot. I can go everywhere yeah i'm the spy um so you're gonna get the vaccine uh yeah i would get it yeah i wouldn't sam peter uh well what your dad said is actually very interesting because my thought has always been I would get it after other people have gotten it and have had it for quite a while. Yeah. Um, just to see if there are any negative effects. So for it to be given to uh, healthcare workers, lines, yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, I would not get it immediately. Man, yeah, write I mean, that book. Write that book. <laughs> so I mean, like, I, I'm, I will definitely be keeping an eye on, like, hey, what what's going on with the people that have gotten it, you know, like what's going on with the British lady who was like 90 and was like the first one to get it. How's she feeling and doing, hmm. um, you know, but ultimately like, I think the risk really kind of outweighs or the reward outweighs the risk. Hmm. So I would take it, you know, uh, they're saying that there's long-term damage that's done, you know, like there, there's uh, speculation that there's potential neurological damage that's done even in those who survive and get clear by you know? coronavirus by okay corona. i thought you were saying by the vaccine no 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 by, by coronavirus okay. that like hey those who have caught it like there's neurological issues uh or there's um you know their uh oxygen saturation never quite returns to 
as high as it was before and uh you know i, I got a family and three kids and i'm regularly at mm. you know this wedding i was at on saturday 200 people maybe around that You're like a super spreader yeah all you do is go places where there's a ton of people yeah. who will then probably fly uh, back to yeah you know like yeah. it, their weddings and you know all the vendors had masks we you know and then one uh couple of so two people out of that whole thing had masks on the entire time uh and then i saw another couple wear a mask for some arbitrary amount of time that really did nothing because then they took it off later and it was like well you weren't infected then but you're infected now if there was mm. and like i'm anal about it you know mm. shot a wedding great come home straight into the shower wash it all off hopefully Mask doesn't sit come under down a uv off. light for yeah 12 Ta hours <laughs> tanning bed later yeah yeah i get it <laughs> peter um, you get the vaccine i i, I don't know um I, I hear a lot of people, like, getting flu shots and stuff, and, like, flu shots would, like, have adverse effects. Like, for some people, like, the flu shots actually give them the flu. I've heard of that. It's just, um, obviously it's way too early for this vaccine to be applied to yourself because it hasn't been fully tested. It's They don't know all the side effects. Like, if this was a vaccine that's known to work maybe little side effects and was guaranteed to help you be immune to the virus then i would take it but at this point no i wouldn't take the vaccine as is i've read i've read a couple um things that like vaccines do take a long time to formulate and to create mm -hmm. but one um unfortunate advantage that we've had through coronavirus is just since it's so prevalent you haven't had to wait for people to get the flu and then to figure out what strain of the flu it is yeah, and it's yeah. just like coronavirus is everywhere you have plenty of people to yeah. test and and to observe, and observe. Yeah. yeah so you you have that um so i was like oh that makes me feel a little bit better i guess and also that really sucks that it's that bad that yeah. you can just warp speed it. Yeah. Yeah. See, it seems here we're kind of in a bubble, mm -hmm. which I enjoy because we're not closed down significantly here or anything. But then there's you're saying like Florida. Yeah. Right. But then, but then, uh, you know, people. Well, I mean, like California is still bad from what I from what I've heard. Bad is in shut down. Yeah. Or, yeah. At least you know, at least yeah. uh, more populated areas. Dude, Florida. Is such a dope place to live right now. As far as like, you know, it. Is, I I feel like we have reasonable precautions, but then like we're. I I feel like we've done a good job of preserving the amount of. Um, I don't know, just freedom of movement and things like that that people have, and it doesn't seem that our numbers are, you know, that um, high from everything that I've seen. Um, and I'm, I'm really impressed and grateful that this has been largely been able to be handled at a, at a state level, which is, you know, when you consider the fact that the states in the United States are as large as the countries in the <laughs> European Union, you know, um, I think that that's not a, an unreasonable line to try to draw. Um, right. but it's, it's been, it's been good living in Florida 
and you know people say people make fun of like oh florida man you know all that kind of stuff and like we're the i feel like we're america's australia mm-hmm. you know because of you know we're kind of down in the corner of the map you know a lot of wild we're the trash. snakes pythons all that kind of stuff <laughs> and like we're kind of thought of as wild people mm-hmm. but i don't i don't necessarily see us as that way but I, I think there is kind of a like you might get pointed at and made fun of for being um for having less restrictions um but i i think that it's been reasonable you know and and it doesn't seem like the the sky has come falling down around us mm-hmm. um i'm not anti-vax at all like i'm very pro the idea of vaccines um but at the same time, like, I never get the flu shot. Is that a bad thing that I never get the flu shot? Um, just, I, and I, I feel like I never really get the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I don't know. I, I never get incredibly sick. And, you know, the Lord's just kind of blessed me maybe in that way with a, a healthy immune system. If the vaccine came out, I might be on the, the bus of like, oh, wait a little bit, you know, and see if, if everything is fine with it. But at the same time, like, with me not being high risk, I feel like with a lot of the people who are high risk and even a lot of other people being willing to get it, isn't there, what's the like threshold on herd immunity and uh, all that kind of stuff? I've heard 97 to 93%. Oh, really? It's that high? If it's I, that I think, high, I'd be more inclined does, to get it. I think it does depend on... Population density, probably. On, on and, and what it is and how... That's true. Okay. But I think I've, I could be wrong. I've listened and heard... A lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't catch what that percentage was for. Herd immunity. Like, what percentage of the population has to be immune to a thing uh, before it's effectively <clears throat> immunity for the whole population? Gotcha. Okay. Just because of the way that people bump into each other, kind of. Yeah, like, the, the, the person who does get it then is a one-off and wouldn't spread it, and so yeah, they would have it and... It would play out on them versus spread through the rest. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I think. Um, I, yeah, I, I obviously don't qualify for the vaccine. You know, I'm young in shape. I'm what is not it a like? Line worker. Yeah, healthcare workers first, and they're getting it already, right? Like they're getting it starting today. It was being transported around. Yeah, I've heard. I heard that today was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I've, I've seen pictures I've heard, of. I've heard talk of, of it today, but I don't know if it was being distributed. Yeah, I've, today. I've seen pictures of people receiving the injections cool. already, like uh, frontline workers. And I'm hey, hey, you know, I'm all for it. You know, we'll see if they turn into zombie, yeah. uh, mind control, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then so the elderly, I'm guessing. Elderly, yeah, like and people, homes. people in hospitals. I don't know. Like long term care facilities. So you said nursing homes. Yeah, 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 n- yeah like nursing homes and. Stuff like that. But... Is there anyone else like on that list, or I'm not sure. Not like uh, public service workers. Like if if I'm a if I'm a if I work at Publix or you know no. Walmart or whatever, I'm not higher up the list because I'm gonna probably wind up coming in contact with a lot more people than yeah, most people, or even a teacher. Yeah, you know. I don't think they're on that first tier. Well, not first tier, but I'm like. You know, they're, are they above the priority level of the general population? I'm not sure. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I guess my my question is, what, like you're talking about how you think Florida's done a really good job and everything. <clears throat> Why do you think that is? Do you think it's good leadership? Do you think it's 
reluctance uh, to have a change of lifestyle, and that's just kind of paid off? Uh, um, you know, do you think it's just a multitude of factors? I I I don't really know. I I honestly wonder how much of it is environmental factors. Like you hear so much about how vitamin D mm-hmm. is a major contributor to like not immunity, but to your immune system being equipped to overcome it. And it's like we're the freaking sunshine state, you know. So I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying uh, I I like um, DeSantis. Like I, I I like that. I kind of like his approach to it. But I think even regardless. The fact that we live in a state that it's December or whatever right now and like we're I'm getting a little sweaty in here and uh you know, you walk outside in midday and you're just, you know, flat in the face with the sun. It's it's super bright outside, it's not cold, dreary, overcast. And so I, I think that probably plays as much of a factor as a lot of other things. Um I appreciate the acknowledgement that what's going on in Miami and what's going on in Jacksonville and what's going on in Tampa, Orlando, Key West, uh, you know, Ocala, just, you know, places of varying population densities um, are not necessarily super related. And so a lot of those places have been even given the autonomy to make like at county level decisions. And this is also just a big part of my philosophy of um, government is I think that the decisions, it's it's helpful when the decisions for how a sector would be run are made at a level that's close to the people that it actually affects, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm less in favor of, like, super top-down decisions. I mean, you know, there are things that you need the central federal government for, um, and, you know, military and coining money. You know, it would be the two main ones, but there are other things that it's good to have a federal government for. Um, but in general, I think that to, to make those decisions on the level that's closer to the people that they wind up affecting is to be preferred. Um, and I think that also kind of makes a competitive landscape. Um, and we've, Miguel, you and I have talked about this before, where it's yeah. like, it's it's a good thing, I think, to have... 50 different education systems going simultaneously. Um, And it's like, there are definitely people who have moved out of Florida because we don't have the greatest education system. Um, And there are people who have moved to, you know, what Massachusetts that has number one education in the, in the country. Um, And then it winds up affecting property values and all that kind of stuff. And I get that like moving is inconvenient, but that's what people have done you know, throughout, throughout history. And I don't think we're necessarily entitled. My family has been in Florida for 140 years on my, on my mom's side. And, uh, maybe longer than that on my dad's side. But like, if there's a potato famine in Ireland, you don't get to be like, but I'm Irish to my core. And so I'm going to stay in Ireland, gosh darn it. And, and, you know, the health of my kids be damned like i'm just gonna i'm gonna die here i mean i guess you could do that um but just kind of motivating people to kind of mix around and and um interact with each other in that way i think is i mean there's no ideal but it's it's not a bad system so you're making a face oh man (laughs) you and i sit on on opposite ends on that one all right push back Um, man 
I I think that I think there's a I think it's good for there to be a draw for each state. Like, hey, you know, like there's appeal, like come to sunny Florida and all that stuff. No um state income tax or yeah, we have yeah. Um but when it comes to things like education, I, I think I hold education like fairly uh sacred might be too strong a word but mm. in very high regard like public education you're talking about uh yeah like, okay yeah um yeah i just I, I don't i don't i don't think education should ever be something that is um compromised and to and to be like yeah i'm, I'm all for like a hey this state has one of the top tens but to be like yeah that state has the worst education and like that's mm. terrible like it needs to be done. Um, and, and, you know, I think, uh, I think there are a lot of people who don't leave states. Like I, like your Irish potato famine example, I think, uh, <laughs> respectfully, I think it's a bad example. I think okay. there, I think there are many, many people that would be like, well, but it's our land and it's our home and it's our farm and it's where we are and where we're from and what we know. And, We'll just tough it out. Yeah, I'm not and, saying uh, that people won't do that, but I'm saying, like, they will only do that as long as they think the costs of leaving are greater than the costs of staying. And if the I costs disagree. of leaving are, like, identity costs, you know, like, oh, you know, I'd be forsaking this land that has been in my family for 100 years, like... No, I I don't I, just, I don't I, I don't with you. I don't think that's something that you can disagree on. And maybe like I'm not explaining it well, but it's like even the psychological costs. I'm not talking about okay. like the the economic dollars in your pocket cost. I'm saying like the psycho. It hurts more to leave than to stay, and so I will stay even though my kids are gonna get a trash education. Like there are plenty of people who do that, and then it's like, but, all right, cool. Even kids are. <sighs> I get what you're saying there, and I'm like, man, I want to agree with you, but like, I just, I, I, th I think back to that potato famine example. I'm like, people knew they're gonna die mm -hmm. in that example, and I don't, I don't and, think, and, I don't think and, they sat there and went, leaving my my heritage and my land is worse than death. So, little Timmy, prepare to cinch that belt and. Die slowly. Like I don't I, know if there's anyone that would have articulated it like that, but there are definitely people who would say, like, to forsake my homeland is worse than death. Like, they would probably articulate it more like that. But functionally, it winds up being I, I, I get thing, right? I get, I get what you're saying. I'm just... It, it's it's a very... I don't know. I don't know. Cause, and I, and I, look at, I look at situations like, you know, I've, I've worked and I've known people who had never left the city before yeah um and then i and i look at people like who live in flint michigan where their drinking water is still i to this do not day, understand that it's it's capability like can i leave how do i leave do i have the resources to leave what am i leaving to and i don't mean that as in like oh i don't know this place but like okay great i'm here and employed and able to slowly poison myself to death, or I leave to somewhere where I'm unemployed and unsheltered, and I don't have savings to fall back on. So, is it better to stay here and die slowly through poisoned water, or is it better to go somewhere else, live on the street, or live in my car, 
end up in prison possibly and expose my children to that and still starve to death. Um, you, you know, think you're going to want starving to death, but I, Pe like, people do, but, but, I, okay, maybe that, maybe that would be extreme, but no, I mean, the whole rest of the argument, like I'm, I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I think, to I me, think... it's, it's baffling the idea of like, maybe what it means to leave is you go to Podunk, Iowa and get a job, you know, at a, but, but I think, I, you know, I, and res again, respectfully, like, you are a middle-class white man, you know? And I, I hate to turn this into race politics or, you know, uh, class politics or education, but it's like, you are capable, and you have opportunity, and you have the knowledge, and you have the support, you know? But when you're uneducated, or, I mean, like, People don't live in poverty by choice. Well, some do. Um, but poverty is... You have to escape poverty. Poverty is not something that you're just like, yeah, like, I'm poor. I'm good. I'm happy with it. You know, po poverty is something that you are in and you, ha and you have to fight against multiple things. It's not like, well, just go get a... Don't just bootstrap it. Like, me, like, I left, you know... And this is coming from a very privileged place. I left my home in Houston, Texas at 18 years old. I crossed the country. My parents helped me put my stuff down. They said, you need anything? I said, let's go to Publix for a half gallon of milk, some Pop-Tarts, and maybe some eggs. And then they left. And I was like, cool. Like, that's it. Like, I just bootstrap it from here. You know, mm -hmm. like, this is life now. And I was able to. You know, I had a small cushion of money in my back pocket. I knew if I had an emergency, I had a cell phone, I could call someone. But even that, like, some people don't have shelter. Some people don't have access to clean running water to get clean and to go to a job. Some people don't have shoes to go to a job. And how do you escape just that minimum threshold to be able to start bootstrapping yourself? You know, like... I don't have transportation, I don't have shoes, and I don't have running water. So now how do I get to a job? How do I how do I get a job? How do I get to a job? And how do I keep a job? And and it seems so easy, like go to a creek, splash some water on yourself, especially your pits, you know, like panhandle until you can get a pair of boots, but then how do you break the stigma of, hey, fill out this form and uh Write your address on it. Well, I don't have an address. Are you reliable? Can you come in? Like, and and so I, I think that that fluidity of oh well, people will just go to a better state if for education, and I I don't I don't see it. I see it being very practical for the upper and middle class. For the lower class, it's not. So then, what you're doing is you're just per, did I say lower class or middle class? That it's an option for the upper and middle class. Okay. For the lower class, it's it's not an option. So what you're doing is now you're perpetuating poor education into somebody. And then with that poor education, they have to fight so much harder to escape it. And they can't, so they remain where they are. And then they're not getting as much money as they could or should. And so then they're bringing up kids into that. And so it, it's just okay. a, it's a cycle that perpetuates itself and traps people into that level of 
economic poverty that doesn't allow them to just say, well, school sucks, I'm going to leave. Um, and then, of course, there's many other factors. Leaving sounds very easy when you have a car, but when what if you don't have a car? What if you don't have a bus money for a bus fare? What if you have a family? Like flights, uh, like yeah, I mean, you're talking about going to Asheville. I'm like, man, that sounds so cool. Uh, going driving is the only feasible way for me right now at this point to move my family because a flight for four because my baby's still small enough that would be a lap uh, kills any point of a vacation. You know, and I'm a middle-class individual who can afford, uh, you know, I would say more than many, um, you know, but people in poverty aren't, uh, family planning is the word I was looking for. They're not family planning. You know, they have many times, they have several kids. Mm -hmm. So how do you escape a town in a beat-up car that might break down? How do you, or how do you accumulate enough bus fare for a family of three, four, five? Okay, um, I'll let you talk for a, a while. Lot. Yeah. Because I was wondering if you're going anywhere with a lot of this. Well, did you have anything you're wanting to put in? I'm not specifically on that. Okay, so, um, so I want to ask two questions before I go kind of into what I'm... My, my thought process through all this. Um, one, is there any added value to having used the word white when you were talking about the status that I have as a middle-class male? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think there have been multiple studies, and if you ask me to cite them, I wouldn't be able to at this time, um, that just shows that white individuals are more... Um, uh, prone to being hired into better positions and, and higher positions. Um, there is, I think, still a stigma with um, minorities, particularly African-Americans, um, but I, I would generalize that to minorities as okay. a whole. I, I would say probably the majority of places, uh, I don't even know if I need to use the word proper, probably, um, many of the places where you are denied employment because of your race are not necessarily the luscious rich lands of opportunity that um you know you would like you know if you go to maybe Kenansville or I don't know some really just backwater place where it's like no we don't serve coloreds in this you know shop then it's like okay well Kenansville's off off the chart for places that you're gonna you know wind up going um two would you say that you grew up middle class uh, yeah, okay. I would. I would. Um, because I think I think a really important thing to point out is just you don't get to choose whether you live in a place where there is poverty and where there are people that don't have shoes and don't have running water and don't have like a an address that they can put on a form. Um, you can set up a society where there is a massive amount of that or where there is a lesser amount of that but um especially for the size of the united states being you know 
you know, other than China and, and India, the largest country in the world, and, and those by spades, like they just totally <laughs> stand out as, as number one and two, and then we're a pretty distant third. Uh, but then it's like, okay, Indonesia and Pakistan and, and Nigeria, and like those are those are the places that kind of approach in the, you know, hundreds of millions instead of like the tens of millions, um, which would be like a California or a Germany type of thing. Um, so I think there's... It's, it's important to be cognizant of the fact that you don't get to choose whether there is poverty, but you do get to observe what types of societies um, produce an, a massive excess of poverty and then which ones have a reasonable amount of poverty. And I'm not saying, oh, you know, it's reasonable and so let's not care about it. And I think there's a lot of progress still to be made, I think especially in the realm of like, you know, we've talked a little bit before, I might actually like to do a whole podcast on this in the future of like prison reform and mm -hmm. like the massive strides that need to be made in that area. Um, but the poor you have with you always, you know, um, hang on. Yes. Uh, you know, jumping, jumping to, to what you said about, um, that you think race plays a part and like more in, you know, not prominent big cities in America. I would throw that out there. You know, you made reference to Kenansville and stuff, but like there are studies and there are recent studies that have gone in and, and applicants with very ethnic names uh, and then they've changed the name to a very um, uh, the word coming to mind is androgynous and that's not the right word, but uh racially neutral okay. i guess name and the racially neutral names have by far uh had more callbacks um like like significantly mm -hmm. it, it's not a it's not a one-off it's not like oh one in ten mm -hmm. uh, it's significant and, and these are these are studies that are done in big places and having and heard having heard of a lot of those i know that it has a lot more to do with first names yeah than last names and uh it's it's the difference between, you know, oh, okay, well, I have a, a, this acquaintance who's, you know, black, and her name is Carly. Mm -hmm. And then I have this acquaintance who's black, and her name is... Honestly, the first name that comes to mind is Shaniqua, and I've only known one Shaniqua in my life, right. and she's, like, very buttoned-down, like, military family <laughs> uh, lady, but... But it's like, I can, I can imagine, you know, it being tougher for a Shaniqua to find a job than a Carly, mm -hmm. but then when it comes to, like, last names being um, ethnic, like a, uh, like, Patel, you yeah. know, if your last name is Patel, or uh, Ramirez, or... Um, yeah, just... Um, that that has a lot less to do with it and it has a lot more to do with the you like the first name oddly enough is more indicative of the the specific type of household that you come from yeah um so i'm i'm familiar with those types of studies and i think they substantiate something and i still think that that's unfair if you're you know you don't get a call back because your name is lafonda or i don't know yeah what's another like you know just very uh, on its face, it's like, oh, this is probably someone who's, I don't know, from, from a family who's uh, a different ethnicity. Um, so I wanted to talk 
some about just kind of my own kind of journey because I very much did not grow up middle class. Um, I, I didn't grow up like, you know, starving or anything like that. Um, but not in a good neighborhood, very small house. I mean, you, you remember Sam remembers going to my house, you know, whenever we were in sixth grade, Mm -hmm. I guess, and just really small, um, immediately across the street from what I didn't know at the time as a small child, but was a crack house. And, um, I remember, I almost hesitate to bring this up because like, I don't want, my dad was a very hard worker and, um, like, I hope this wouldn't be like disrespecting him, but I remember like we had a deacon at our church that would bring us groceries that were expired from, you know, Food Lion or, or Eckerd's or Albertson's or whatever, because it's like, you know, they couldn't sell it anymore. And so it was being given to um, homes that needed help with things like that. And we were one of those families. And my, my dad's dad was phosphate miner turned pastor, you know, and just pastor of super small churches, planted like four churches in his life, but they never really got very big. And it was like, I think he got paid in strawberries one week because he was like near Plant City. And it's like, well, we don't have money to pay you this week, pastor, but we got this pallet of strawberries and, you know, we'll help you out in whatever ways we can and, you know, bring, send him food to him. And then my mom's dad was a, a cattle, um, he, he worked cattle and he, uh, he also was a machine, like he was a, op- operated a lathe at a machine shop. And, uh, just when people talk about generational wealth, um, I know it exists somewhere, but that was not like my, um, experience was like, oh, you know, it's so great that my great grandparents, when they passed, they left, you know, such a large and healthy estate to my grandparents. And then when my grandparents, like my, my dad's parents have now passed and like they have this large and healthy estate to hand off to, and then it's all going to like culminate in me and then I'll build further upon it. And then mine and Nicole's estates will combine to, to form whatever it is in the future. Like I, I went, um, I went to a non-accredited, just cheap college because it was the college that I thought was, um, it was associated with the types of churches that I thought I was going to be involved with for the rest of my life. And, um, I did that while working at, uh, Chick-fil-A and trying to get just like church-based scholarships. And so when, when I think of bootstrapping, I don't think like, oh, you know, how awesome am I for like, you know, I'm, uh, I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm anything, um, you know, to, to brag about, but I, I think that even as like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm my age, you know, I'm 31 and I'm already paying on a house and like we have a decent amount in savings and to be whatever you call that, you know, and I'd, I'd say I am middle class, you know, now, yeah. but it's like, wow, I made it to middle class. Um, and I didn't make it because of, uh, you know, whatever the, the generational wealth I, I, um, like I made it by the grace of God. And I think that the grace of God shows up in a, in a lot of, um, varied types of ways in people's lives. Um, but specifically like, man, I was just having this conversation, I think last night, uh, with Warren actually. And it's like, man, every good blessing of like the direction that my life wound up going, I feel like I just fell face first into it. And it had 
nothing to do with like, oh, well, I made a plan at 18 that, you know, I was going to go to this college and I was going to get this job that would be a stepping stone to this other. Like, it's it's all of grace in my life that I even get to say now that I'm middle class when I look back on what my parents and grandparents have been um, just for as long back as I know of. And and I will say, like, one thing that you pointed out that I think is, is, you know, more fair is this idea of um, the thing that I had growing up and the thing that both of my parents had and the thing that all four of their sets of parents... Okay, things my parents parents had and like up to my great grands and and I don't know if I can think of any like in my immediate family tree going straight up um but it's like I had two parents right and I know that not everybody gets their um start in a home where it's like hey that guy who sleeps in the same bed as my mom is my dad and uh you know he works a very poor paying job um, as like a inventory guy for Napa Auto Parts, uh, in like not a great neighborhood either. <laughs> um, but like he's he's my dad, and he got to think the same thing about his parents, and my mom got to think the same thing about her parents. And um, you know, I, this this also goes back to the the principles, you know, the the idea of Christian principles, and it's like, man, um, what is it if if you? I know abstinence only education gets like a bad rep but man if if i told you that if you just wait until you're married to have kids um that you're almost a hundred percent like upwards of 99 percent guaranteed you not that you're going to be upper class or whatever but that you will be better off at 30 than your parents were at 30 right and a society that can pretty much guarantee that type of momentum and trajectory for its people it's like you can do better, but you can do so much worse. And we're we're living in one of the countries that's doing it better than I, definitely any other country that has anywhere near our amount of people to try to manage. Yeah, I, I've I've heard that study of uh, two parent households uh, and the success mm-hmm. that they uh, perpetuate through generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not arguing that. Like I I am pro-family i'm pro mm-hmm. two-parent households 100 percent um in fact I, I think it's a a weakness of our society to to think of relationships as very temporary things um but you know i i, I think uh i think what you just spoke of were a lot of internal factors you know and, and those are in and and i'm and i think what i was speaking of were external factors you know, the, you know, internal to the, I would say to the family unit of, hey, the, the two-parent household and, 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 and working hard. And, and yeah, I, I believe in, in effort, you know, I believe in family, I believe in households, but I also believe that, uh, you know, there, there is, um, there is an, a difficult escape from that um and and part of it is um you know external factors you know well i think uh i mean what i'm trying to attribute it to is pretty much all external factors because like my my parents had 
my, my parents come from two parent households and they didn't get to call themselves properly middle class until like, you know, maybe approaching 50. And my grandparents all came from two parent households and they didn't get to call themselves middle class until, you know, even, you know, something approaching higher than that. So I'm not saying like, I agree that that stability over time has very slowly, um, you know, lifted the, the standard, but it's like, it's all, I, I, I can't take any credit for this. Like it's all the, it's all the grace of God. And I think it's, um, I think it's perfectly reasonable to point out the things that are still shortcomings, you know, in our society and, and things that we can do better and ways that we can, you know, help those who are poor. But, um, it's like if, if I, And Sam, I know you've been, you said you wanted to say something. So, oh, no, that's fine. Um, if I am a man, like, I'll just go here. If I'm a 17-year-old uh, girl and I choose to have sex out of wedlock, out of wedlock uh, you know, no protection, and I get pregnant and I keep the baby... And that, um, you know, which I think is the right decision, and it, uh, you know, keeps me from being able to attain middle class status or whatever until I'm, you know, maybe 50, um, but I don't kill the kid. Um, is that an internal factor or an external factor? And it's like, okay, sure, the society created the conditions under which she found herself uh, in that situation with that, you know, boy at the time. But at some point, like, individual responsibility has to be the the ground zero for where you have that conversation. Oh, boy. Um, I, I agree with you so much. But you're holding people to a standard. Uh, you're ho you're, I think you're holding people to a standard that um, just because you were knowledgeable of or able to attain uh that others aren't or won't be at what's that standard um wisdom quite frankly like i think i think you uh i think you i fully agree that you were blessed and you had a, a good family and you had a, a good upbringing um and you were bestowed with wisdom but man like when the when the brain's still developing up until 24 years old and even the government would call a 17 year old a child, uh, we don't make good decisions as kids, you know? And, uh, and I think, uh, kids make mistakes and kids have, and there should be consequences, but should those consequences perpetuate poverty? Should they perpetuate generational uh damages and well, that that's and, like that's what they do like that's what those sor sorts of circumstances you're, naturally you're, do you're and, and you're you can, absolutely right but you should... can curtail it and you can try to like kind of soften the blow by having social safety nets in order and there like i'm go. i'm all in favor of that um it won't and this this goes back to the conversation we were having a few weeks ago where it's like you don't get to legislate your way out of the turmoil. 
Yeah, and, and you know, like, what, when you were saying it earlier, like, you know, there, there's poverty, there's always going to be poverty, like, and I'm not saying, like, there's a there's a, a minimum threshold that's like, we've hit 3% poverty, acceptable, you know, everyone yeah. else, tough luck, sorry, but, but you know, I... Yeah, no I, one's saying that. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I'm not, I'm not accusing anyone, mm-hmm. but I think we need to be striving, and, and, you know, like, I, like, I, and that, and that's... I think we need those social safety nets. And of course, like a social safety net is never going to r- remove the problem altogether. It's never going to fix the problem. You know, social safety nets are only there to mitigate the problems as best we can. But, you know, I, I think, I think in, in light and with that knowledge, you know, going back to the original argument of like, well, you just go to where it's better. It's like, I can't. I'm a 17-year-old with a kid, and I had to drop out for that education. How do I just leave to something better? There's the, the social safety nets that exist might not be sufficient. And again, I've, I'm a child. Mm-hmm. And I'm, at this point, I'm a child with adult responsibilities, and I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get under myself to, to hold myself and now this child up, I just can't abandon every like, dude. I, and I've said it like, marriage is the most stressful thing ever in the in 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 my life. And not because my wife is difficult or my children are difficult. Like they're blessings upon my life. But like, man, I could skip a meal today if I needed to mm-hmm. to save money to to do something tomorrow that's needed. Of course, you know. I could, I, I will panhandle on that corner. I will do whatever I need to do and I could make it work for me. Mm. But now that there's another individual depending on me, another mouth, the, there's so much less I can do and so much more I have to do. And how do you accomplish that? You know, and how do you accomplish that when you don't have means? I can, again, like, Okay, I'm a single parent. I need to panhandle. How do I panhandle with a child? You know? How do I panhandle with an infant? People you know, it. it. It's it's possible, but how do you now succeed? How do you how do you escape that? You know, and, it, and those be... are the those are the things that I'm talking about. And again, like I, I I think you and I are on the same page. Like we need to take care of the poor. Like we're called as Christians to take care of the poor. But I think to to make blanket arguments or statements of, well, yeah, like we just, you know, you have a tiered education system and in and, and the really poor places where people aren't taught wisdom, they're not taught uh, this, and it's not even uniform. It's not, it's not uniform. You have some places that are abstinence only, you have other places that are like, you know, here's condoms, like you're, you are 10 years old, you had a period, there's some tampons for you and condoms for them, and, you know, it's not uniform, and to say like, well, it's, you know, it's better because then if you want better, you'll leave. It's like, how do you escape? It's easy to escape the middle or the high. How do you escape the low? And that's the challenge. Like, if, if I don't have the knowledge, if I'm not taught better, if if I can't escape it, all we're doing is perpetuating that. And, well, I mean, like I said, there's there's no... Ultimately, there is, there is the best domain 
for considering responsibility is the domain of the individual and to encourage individuals to have compassion, to reach out to the poor, to uh, demonstrate to a society that the church is a place where people can and should go if you find yourself like, holy cow, I'm a, I'm a 17-year-old mom, and my mom, who was a single mom, just died, and now I'm like on my own, and I have nowhere to go. Like, to, to demonstrate to a society that the church is where you go um, to receive compassion, and that, you know, Christians are the people who will demonstrate compassion on you. Um, I, I don't think it's possible to get better than that. So you think it, the nation should rely on the church? Uh, I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to matter. Um, you know, let the nation do the nation's thing. And if that's, okay, we're going to increase the amount of health care that the national government provides, uh, you know, and, and the percentage that they take care of, or we're going to increase the amount of, uh, you know, Social Security, or we're going to increase, um, you know, the... Um, what do they call it? The food stamps for... WIC? Yeah, WIC. Um, we're, we're going to increase the dividends on that. We're going to increase, um, you know, more staff in public schools so that they can also provide after-school daycare so that, you know, these people can... Ha Let the government do what the government's going to do. And I just think that, you know... Well, it's not even my thought. It's like the church is to be stepping up and to be demonstrating compassion... Um, to those who are in need in those sorts of areas. I agree. I, but I, I, I can't comfortably chalk up. I think there, I think there needs to be uniformity in certain issues. I, I'd like, just say it's impossible, man. I, I, and I, there I'll For disagree 300 with 300 and what, no, no, 60 it's, million it's, people? It's, it's not. It's 50 states. For, there needs to be uniformity on certain issues, like uh, education, uh, like healthcare, you know. And and I think, you know, sure, like let's promote a system where, hey, I want to move to that state because it has, uh, you know, its healthcare is more tailored to my need, but the bare minimum healthcare is sufficient for uh, most, and I say most because I'm allowing for outliers yeah, who, yeah. who are the extremes. Special I'm cases, not talking yeah. about most, like the like 51% is most. I'm saying like most like... It's going to wind up being 80, 90%. Exactly. You know? And then I you know, have people with spina bifida and, exactly. and the deaf and, you know, all, all those sorts exactly. of things. Or health or, or education, you know, like, hey, this is the bare education and it is sufficient and great you know and you know yeah this state uh really pushed a lot of funds into magnet programs or into private schools or whatever like yeah like cool great go for it but you just want there to be a baseline that's I, met by everyone absolutely um, and that's that's great um i don't necessarily disagree with that I just think that everyone is going to disagree on what constitutes baseline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but you know what? Like, that's why there's a central government. 
and that's why somebody and it's a sucky thing to have to do and heavy is the head that wears the crown but i think at some point somebody just needs to go all right it's good for most and a lot of people are going to complain but ultimately like there is now a standard versus like some states you don't start doing division until fifth grade and other states just start learning about division in third grade i don't know i've been so far removed from those you look like you have a question sam well that leads into my question that i've had for quite a long time because i think it ties in with everything um speaking within our context of florida with the amount of poverty that's here which i believe it's one of the highest in any state if i'm not mistaken i could believe it um and with the fact that we have some of the worst education um and like you mentioned there there's you know kind of the joke thing online it's like go to google and type in florida man and like your, your <laughs> date of birth and see what comes up because some florida man did something crazy it's like why are all these things perpetuated like because you were saying like we are supposed to be a united states why are these things not the same throughout all the states like why is our education supposedly worse than a lot of I, other places i don't all actually these other think it is i think we're 27th in the nation okay um when it comes to our education so we're you know in the bottom half but we're not like you know like yeah, the, the direct like that's the still the middle of the road yeah. though, right so. but like but still like regardless of that like what why is why does florida have this reputation and why are certain things what was the first thing you said so you said some oh you said poverty poverty um, we and... have we have a huge amount of poverty um for the same reason that oddly enough hawaii has a massive uh poverty population and florida more so than they do but we're if you're gonna be homeless like if you're homeless in uh virginia it's you're good... like i need to get to florida yeah. because right. i'm not the gonna winter. freeze to death in the winter right right and it's a great i mean Nowhere is great to be homeless, but you'd rather be homeless in Florida. If you're homeless in Michigan, you're like, done. You're you're dead. I, you I saw a homeless I mean? guy out in the snow in Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's possible, I mean, and they snow in Alaska is a twenty four seven, three sixty five. Um, so like we have, we have a high poverty, a, a high population of those below the poverty line. Because people from all around the country who are below, who are already below the poverty line, will come well, here because you don't die in the winter. Um, now that doesn't mean like that we can't do things to address it and to help the people who do come here and to provide opportunities for them and and social programs, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and you know about the, you know why Florida Man is a thing, right? No, that. Have you guys I'm, heard about this? I want to say I have, but it's I don't know. Right it's now. a act that was passed um it's something about um i think it's legislation in the sunshine or something in the sunshine and it was an act that was passed which basically makes it where upon arrest prior to conviction your record can be yes. made public and i believe we're the only state where that is the case where your record your arrest record is made public prior to conviction and even if you are exonerated um, even if you're, um, uh, even if you're exonerated of a crime and it never goes to trial, or if it does go to trial and you're found not guilty, it's still it's on so your record. Yeah, and so, so you have a find massive, these crazy, ridiculous yeah, things. you have a massive amount of stories because you're hearing the stories of people who are arrested for X, Y, Z. Whereas if that person was arrested for, 
you know, probably not going to be somebody arrested for having sex with an alligator in, you know, Michigan or because they don't have alligators out there. But whatever it is, like if you're arrested for, you know, having an argument with a parking meter or whatever, uh, if you are exonerated or if you just, you know, uh, no, not if you make bail, but if you're found not guilty or whatever, that story never makes it to press. So um, Florida, I, I still think that Florida is a very unique and weird animal. Um, I think that those are probably the best explanations for all three of those. One, I don't think our education is that subpar. Like, it's kind of just below the um, national average. And also, we're the third largest state in the United States, um, next to California and Texas. Um, so we have a ton of people to try to manage, is, mm -hmm. is another, you know, is another thing. Um, the Florida man thing is legislation in the sunshine and the poverty thing is because we're a great place to be poor right but we're still a weird animal yeah there are places there are places in florida that are as diverse from each other as any two places in the nation yeah. you know yeah well and two of those three were satisfactory answers because i never knew that florida man thing yeah so that's interesting but um uh when it comes to the education why is there a difference in states like why are we not all across a difference the board? in performance well, yeah, well, like, why... Or in why, education standards. Like, right. Like, why, why, why are we 27th? Why are we all not, like... Is that, like, yeah, are there completely well, different standards in every state? Even, and, yeah. even if you have different but standards... Why? Even, like, the teaching evolution is different in states. Even if you have different standards, you're still going to have different outcomes, right? Because, like, if you were to try to apply the same standard uh, to the, the students in Massachusetts, where a lot of them are children of parents who moved there to go to the Ivy League schools in Massachusetts and then they got a job at Boston Dynamics or whatever, mm -hmm. like, they're going to hit those standards really well and then you're going to have kids in, you know, Mississippi that, like, they're not going to be able to make those standards. But, but that's what I'm saying, though, is, like, why... Like, why is Florida more middle of the road or maybe a little bit behind? Somebody want to fact-check me on that? I want to make sure that I'm not like just spitting out a false uh, right. justification. I think we really are pretty middle of the road when it comes to performance in education. But regardless, like, does that mean that like people are just all around on average dumber in Florida? Like, what? Like, what? That's what I'm trying to say is like, what causes Florida or another what are we state measuring to be worse? That makes us yeah. worse. Right. Uh, honestly, probably the the correct answer to that. And I'm just kind of spitballing here, uh, but is the thing we measure is performance on standardized tests, mm -hmm. and it has very little to do with employability, right? With college placement, mm -hmm. with uh, you know actual ability to function as an adult in a right. society. Um, we have a relatively strong economy as a state. Um, we we have a strong enough economy that we don't wind up having to pay state income tax. And I think that having a strong economy is a good indicator of the fact that you have a population of people who largely can live and work and function well, uh, well enough to make things kind of run smoothly. Did you find a list? I did. I'm trying to see if that's... I keep going further down and I still can't find Florida. <laughs> no. It... We're 60th in the nation. According to two places I've seen, uh, Florida was third. Third from the bottom? From the top. From the top. 
Yeah. That's hard for me to believe. Uh, agreed, which is why I'm like, I mean... <laughs> who, is, who is first in those? It should be Massachusetts. M- Massachusetts. Okay. okay, hold on. It was uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Florida, New Jersey. Washington, New Hampshire, Nebraska, Virginia, Vermont, Iowa, and Utah were the top ten. Hmm. And does it say specifically, like, what this is a metric of? Uh, Yes, it did. It said... What's the site? Uh, this Buzz one is usnews.com. News.com. <laughs> it's more legit than that. In the meantime, while you're uh, searching that, um, on the subject of Florida man combining that and our uh, previous conversation about the pandemic, you remember the, that story of the Florida man where he took refuge in the Tom Tour Island and he oh, was refusing to Yeah, leave. that was yeah. interesting. In Disney World... Uh-huh. A guy lived on Tom Sawyer Island for like a week. Something right? like that. Yeah. And Fulfilling it, his fantasy. I mean, the whole park is shut down. Mm-hmm. So, why the heck not? Arguably, it's one of the best places to quarantine because you're way away from people. <laughs> you're on an island. Yeah. <laughs> for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah, Florida as the third in education. It it just says... It seems it just general wrong. education. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one that says uh, Wallet Hub... And this is worldpopulationreview.com. Uh, Wallet Hub ranked each state's public schools for quality and safety using 33 relative, relevant metrics. Metrics include high school graduation rate among low-income students, math and reading scores, medium SAT, ACT score, okay. pupil-teach so ratio. That? And that one, I gotta scroll. Because I, I grew up hearing um, that, you know, Florida was among the bottom. And then I learned that basically unless you live... second on that. We're 22nd? On that yeah. list. So, and th- and then I learned that basically, unless you live in Massachusetts or New Jersey, everybody grows up hearing that their state is like 48th <laughs> out of, and they're like, oh man, these horrible schools in Utah, these horrible schools in North Dakota, right. these horrible schools in Florida. And uh, it's just kind of almost like a martyrdom complex mm-hmm. where it's like, huh, you know, our, our schools are so trash and that's why all the, kid, the k- kids these days are so, you know, backwards. Um... Anyway, okay, so Florida, you know, I think we're doing a lot right when it comes to that sort of stuff. Was that the, that was still the one, you're saying, like, why do we even differ in the first place? Yeah, and you're the, saying it's because of, like, test scoring? Um, well, I'm saying that's what we differ tests. on, but I'm just saying there's there's not really, I don't think there's a satisfactory answer. Eh, maybe there isn't, I'm just too lazy to try and parse it out right now, and I know, Miguel, you're going to have to get going here soon. Yeah. Um... I think that even if you have a unified standard to and, and even if you apply that unified standard in a uniform way across a population the population itself is diverse and so you're not going to be able to have a uniform outcome unless you you know stack up extra you know like you prop up places that need it and then you might, but then are you going to wind up taking away resources from places that are, you know, the Massachusettses and New Jerseys um, of the United States? And I'm not saying that that's unfair. I, like I said, I like, this is me, this is my political philosophy. I like the fact that we have 50 groups of people, almost like we have 50 experiments working simultaneously, because it's that thing where if you give the new vaccine to all of the nurses 
all across the country at the same time, and then it wound up being something that like makes you go blind, then <laughs> holy cow, nationwide, we just screwed up. Yeah. And um there's, there's no coming back from that. Said, there's fifty flaws. No 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 like specific like what you know you said like, you know, there's fifty experiments going on. The purpose of an experiment though is to find best practice or or the solution and to execute that. And that's not what's happening. We we do wind up implementing um like the, the Florida school board the Florida school board will say something to the effect of like we're noticing that in Oregon X is really working and so let's try to implement that. And then you try and implement it in Florida and it's like, oh, this population is different than the Oregon population, so what's good for the goose might not be good for the gander, so to speak. Do you think that possibly one of the largest factors is simply the fact that, um, and this is just coming from what I've heard because I don't know for sure, because like, maybe from what we like what you were just looking up, Miguel, like our, our thinking on it is skewed, but like I've just heard that like teachers are not really taken care of in Florida. So maybe we're not getting as many good teachers and maybe that's the, the bad thing is, is that like, People, kids are maybe not being taught as well because we're getting teachers that don't care as much because yeah, yeah because they're not being paid very well. They did well just get a care giant of. raise, and starting pay for teachers this year went up substantially. Yes, like, but that would it go to forty seven five. But that means that teachers that have had a lower rate yep. are continuing to keep yep. that. So well, they're getting screwed. They're yeah. That's that's really interesting because in Houston which I would say has a very similar cost of living to here in Orlando um, or Kissimmee, um, starting teacher rate is, 50, uh, this was as of 2014, was 55000 hmm. So it's probably higher now. Yeah. Yeah. So populations are diverse, man. And, and I'm all for continually working to find solutions um, and to mitigate the shortcomings and the failures and weaknesses of our public school systems and our healthcare systems and all those other sorts of systems. Um, we're not, we're not going to stumble upon the answer. No, you know, it's, but there's no perfect It's still solution. a productive conversation though. But I thought last week you fixed like American we Christianity. Fix? Yeah, we, we solved <laughs> oh, boy. the problems of Christendom last week. The week before that was more a history of ancient christianity then yeah <laughs> i think that was i think that was a good one i think it contextualized the present in light of the past anyway miguel you're needing to depart from us i am have a lovely family to get home to i do and the rest of us are well i have a very thin film of sweat on my body from being in this <laughs> shed in december so go florida all right. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time.